Hi there, welcome to Mosaic Intercultural Church, coming to you from London, Ontario, Canada. My name is Andrew Karam, and I'm the Executive Director and Pastor of Mosaic, and I want to welcome you to our sermon podcast. If you want to learn more about Mosaic, you can find us online at www.mosaicchurchlondon.com. Well, good morning. Good morning, good morning. It still is for 10 more minutes. Um, my name is Andrew. I have the privilege of being the pastor of Mosaic, and I am thrilled to be able to worship with you today. Um, this kind of weather for me, uh, with the, the clouds being low and it being misty and everything like that, I just love it. I just think, man, praise God for his glory and beauty and creation. And when you get, if you get walnuts uh, falling on the barn and... Um, creating a big noise, then that's all good too, right? Everything is praising God today. So you want to drop the gain on this microphone. We are going to uh, reflect together on the scripture that's in your bulletin. This is Hebrews chapter 1. And uh, if you've, this is going to be a, a bit of a month-long uh, reflection. We're going to go through some passages in the book of Hebrews because I think that God has something to show us and to say to us out of the book of Hebrews. And Hebrews is something that uh, we, you may not read very much. I don't know. Um, it's kind of later towards the end of the Bible. And it's a fairly long book. And it talks about a lot of things that we don't normally think about and that we don't necessarily understand all that well. There's a really cool name in the book of um, in the book of Hebrews, called Melchizedek, Melchizedek. He's a great mystery in the Bible, and we might talk about him later on. Um, but before we get into it, uh, I'm going to pray, and then we're gonna, I want to share with you a little bit about what, was, what life was like for the people that this was originally written to. So let's pray together. Father, thank you for gathering us today, here in person and online. Thank you for gathering us also, Lord, with uh, your people all around the world, as we have already celebrated. God, you, you want us to be your people. You want us to know you. You want us to see your goodness and to be filled with your goodness. So, Father, through the, through the scriptures today, through my words, would you just do what you want to do? Would you show us who you are? And would you set us free from ideas and beliefs that actually are like chains on our hearts and minds? And would the glory of Jesus, your son, shine so brightly here that we all are able to leave and say, wow, Jesus is amazing. And we pray this in his powerful name. Amen. All right. So imagine, you know, you're in first century Rome. Uh, the, the roads are maybe paved with like stones and uh, you don't have running water. Um, you don't have a car. You don't have an iPhone or any kind of smartphone. You just, uh, if you need to get news, uh, you, you tell somebody and somebody else tells you. And if, and if you need to read something, then you get something very precious, which is a scroll, and, and you read that scroll. And not many people can actually read. I mean, you're in a city of people that don't necessarily, uh, well, particularly the poor people, they're not going to school. And, uh, and imagine if in this city, uh, as, as was true, uh, there was the emperor, a great emperor. And... This is like the world's most powerful city. So the armies in this, uh, in this city are very serious. 
uh, to be part of the army would be a big deal. Um, but the army actually operates outside of the city. And in the city, the emperor has a lot of power. And uh, maybe one day you're walking along, I don't know, going to market or something like that, and there's a disruption. And uh, maybe people are yelling at each other in the street. And you're like, what is going on? And you walk around and you hear people talking about Crestus. And like, Crestus is not good. We should get rid of Crestus. And you realize like people are really angry about Crestus. Like, who's Crestus? That makes no sense at all. What is going on? But then this, this kind of disruption keeps on happening. And so sometimes in some neighborhoods, people are so angry about Crestus and they're angry about, um, about this thing that's happening. They're like, you don't go in that neighborhood because you're like, we just need to have a peaceful time. And we're going to stay away from the people that might beat each other up. And then the emperor gets word that there are all of these fights going on. And so what you see one day is a lot of people walking out of the city and you hear that they're being kicked out. They're being evicted from the city, which means that you and your friends get to go and steal from their house. So you're like, yes, all right, bye-bye, bye-bye, people who like Crestus. We don't even know who Crestus is, bye-bye. And you go into their house and you're like, I'll, I'll, ta I'll take that tapestry. Yes, please, I'll take this beautiful clay bowl and I'll take that home to my mom and we'll have a beautiful furniture from these people that got kicked out of the city. And you don't know anything about it. But those people that now have been kicked out of the city, they've got to find a, a place to live. They've got to find a way to keep surviving. And little by little, maybe, you notice in the homes of these people that they have um, religious symbols. Maybe they've got beautiful um, candles with like seven, uh, seven candle stems. And maybe they have some pictures of a fish. And you realize that these are Jewish people who have just been kicked out of Rome. But they follow a guy whose name is not Crestus. His name is Christus, Christ. And these Jewish people who follow this guy they call Christ have been kicked out of Rome. And the emperor does not like them. And little by little... Maybe you forget about them, but they've got to figure out their lives. These are the people to whom this book of Hebrews was written. The book of Hebrews is actually a sermon written to those Jewish Christians who were kicked out of Rome, who had to see people take their own stuff because there was conflict in their community about Jesus the Christ, Jesus the Messiah. And it's not going to get easier for them. The reality is that Christianity or the worship of Jesus is considered a threat. It's a problem for Romans to worship Jesus. Jews actually, the Romans, the Romans did not like the Jews, but they at least acknowledged that the Jewish way of worship was legitimate. But Jewish Christians, Romans are like, no, 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 no. Don't do that. And so these Christians who are Jews, kicked out of Rome, they realize it's hard to follow Jesus, and it might not get easier. In fact, in a few years after this was written, in a few years after they were evicted, there would be a really evil emperor that comes, to, that comes into power, and he's going to go after the Christians and a lot of other people with, with violence and blood and fire. It's hard. It's really hard. And so maybe if you're part of that Jewish Christian community that got kicked out of Rome, maybe you want to go back and just worship with the Jewish people. 
Maybe you just want to go back to the synagogue and you're like, you know what? It's too hard. It's too hard to be a Christian. Frankly, I don't know, like if this is what this, like if following Jesus leads to this kind of suffering, maybe it's not worth it. I mean, really, like how do we really know if Jesus is the Messiah? And now that's very, that's a very different kind of context than you and I live in today, right? I mean, we have this, uh, we live in this time where Christianity has flown, like gone all over the globe. And for us, the more difficult thing is to look at the evil that has been done in Jesus' name and be like, that's a problem. What do we do with that, right? But we have freedom here in, in Canada. I mean, we, we, we did an awesome barbecue as a church a couple of weeks ago, and everybody in the neighborhood loved it. And they're like, yeah, come on, let's come to the barbecue, let's hear the amazing music, and let's, let's meet people, and let's have a great time. And there's all this joy, there's freedom for us. But at the same time, at the same time, when there's joy and when there's freedom, we're also tired. We're also going through a lot. A lot of people are going through a lot of very difficult, difficult, difficult things. We're going through life transitions. We're, we're seeing our loved ones suffer in really big ways. And we feel like we can't, like, it, like, like we heard in testimony time, it's too big for us. It's too hard. And we begin to wonder, you know, if, if, if our neighborhood's not being transformed visibly the way that we want it to, if, if, if the realities in our family, the pain and the questions that we have, if those are ongoing, and is Jesus really worth it? Is, it, is it? is there really a better life? Is there really a deeper goodness that God can lead us into or not? And so the writer to the Hebrews writes this letter, but it's actually a sermon. He writes this sermon to them to be read out, and we're going to listen to this, to parts of this sermon together as a church, and I believe that Jesus wants to show us who he is. He wants to speak to us in the good times and in the bads. If we are feeling excited and energized, if we are feeling like we're full of faith and we've got lots of fight still in us, that's great. We still need to hear what the writer to the Hebrews has to say, and, and maybe we're weary. Maybe we know that we're weak. Maybe we know uh, that we are fatigued. The writer to the Hebrews has something to say to us. And so he opens up this, this letter, this sermon, with these words. And they're written right in your bulletin. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets in many, at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, God has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom also he made the universe. The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. So he became as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is superior to theirs. So to this church, these Jewish Christians struggling, to us, when we are working hard and we're pouring out our lives to love Jesus, to, to serve him and to care for others, the writer to the Hebrews begins with this. God has spoken. God spoke in many ways and in different times to our ancestors. 
But in these last times, he has spoken to us through his son. Now, I just stop and think about that because that's actually the beginning of everything for us. God spoke. I want you to hold up your hand and hold it in front of you, okay? Now, look at that. Look at that. I spoke, and you heard what I said, and you chose to hold up your hand in response to my word, right? I spoke, and you held up your hand. All of, our, all of this world exists because God spoke, and it came into being to hear God and to obey him. God spoke. That's the beginning of everything. But the writer to the Hebrews doesn't start there. He says, in the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets in various times in many ways. Now, I think this is amazing because who are the ancestors of the Jewish people? Well, they're Jewish people, right? And they're people like Abraham and Isaac and Deborah and, uh, you know, David and Isaiah and Hosea, like the people in, who, whose writings we have here in the scriptures, right? God spoke to the Jewish people. Now, this is remarkable. Do you know what? You know what? I, I think this is remarkable because, let me tell you a story. A few of us, uh, a couple years ago, ago, we went up to Andek Omnikaning First Nation. Andek Omnikaning First Nation is up on Manitoulin Island, the world's largest freshwater island. It's a beautiful place. Absolutely stunning place. And there's a beautiful community in Andek Omnikaning First Nation. Uh, Norm and Donna have been building relationships there for years, and, and lots of people from Mosaic have been up there, and, and we we're just going there to serve the community. Well, we're, uh, a few of us were hanging out with uh, a leader from that community who was raised as a Christian and, and has since, uh, he, said, he said goodbye to Jesus. And we can understand why an indigenous person might want to walk away from the church. Uh, and it's sad, but that's, uh, that's what he's chosen to do. But, we, but he's been very hospitable to us, and we were just sitting down and having a conversation. And he was talking about how he had reclaimed his indigenous learning. And he talked about the spirits in the cedar trees. He talked about the spirits in the water. He talked about the spirits in the air. But when he talked about the creator, he said, oh, the creator's so far away. The creator is so far. I thought, wow, the creator is so far away that you can't know the creator and in fact, all around the world, people from all lands have known from time before we remember that the Creator actually uh, has been hard to get to. The Creator has been hard to get to. Yes, He has, there are teachings that have been passed on to people, good teachings. But the creator himself has been far away. Uh, in Kenya, among the Maasai people, uh, they believed that, they, that somehow their ancestors had offended the creator, and so the creator was far off. Among the Motolone people in South America, the same thing was true. Somehow, long before now, their people had offended the creator, and the creator was gone, and they couldn't access the creator. And if you look around at the world and you look at the context in which the Jewish people were called, I mean, the pictures that these people, the, the pictures that the Babylonians had of the Creator was violent. They were like, oh, the Creator? He just wants the humans to do his dirty work. If you want 
to relate to the gods, you need to make sure that you give blood sacrifice to the gods so the gods don't stomp on your head and knock you out. But as the writer to the Hebrews said, God spoke to the Jewish people. God spoke to them. And he, the message that God, the creator, gave to them was not that he is this violent God that they, that they have to appease through blood sacrifice, but he's the creator who actually wants to come and dwell with people. The creator wants to make his home with people. And so God spoke through the prophets to the ancestors of the Jews to create in the Jewish people a nation of priests, people where, among whom God would dwell. And you guys can imagine, you see this space, well, you see this whole space here, right? Imagine, uh, imagine that this room was blocked off, and over here was a big courtyard, and then right behind maybe where Honore and Ungwa are, there's a cube, okay? There's a cube that is, that is blocked off by a curtain. And this place here, where anybody can come, this would be called the Holy of Holies. This is a picture of the temple that God told the people to build. This is the holy place over here. And then that place, the curtain, the cubed curtain area, the room where, uh, where Honore and Ungwa are right now, can imagine that, that was a dark place. That was the Holy of Holies. Nobody went into the Holy of Holies. Why? Because that's where God's presence dwelt. God wanted to dwell among his people. But in the temple itself, he said, I am near, but my presence is too holy for you still. You need to be made holy in order to be in my presence. And so God spoke to the, like, to the prophets, to the Jewish people, and he gave them the priesthood and he gave them the temple to teach them that he longs to dwell with them, but that they need to be made holy in order for them to be in his presence. The other thing, if you look at, the, at, at, at this particular text, is that God spoke from time to time and in various ways. And have you, have you ever gone through a time where God seems to be silent? It happens to us all the time. We're trying to listen for a word from God, and sometimes it feels like, zip, he's quiet. And there are times in the, in the Hebrew Scriptures where, in the Old Testament, where it talks about that. There was no word from the Lord for a while. And people were longing to hear from God and they were suffering because they couldn't hear from God. And God was still silent. And so the writer to the Hebrews says, at that time, God spoke to our ancestors from time to time and in various ways. But now, in these last days, God has spoken to us through his son. And now, we got a really important detail. This son is greater than the angels. Now, why would the, why would the writer to the Hebrews talk about the angels? Well, there are, um, there are manuscripts of the Old Testament that talk about God speaking to his people through angels. That when God gave Moses, for example, the law, the angels were gathered there as part of that process. And for many of us, like, like uh, the, the friend that we mentioned who was up at Andek Omnikaning, when the angels are involved, we're like, hey, that's trustworthy. You listen to what the angels say. Right? Our Muslim neighbors bank on that, right? The angel Gabriel was speaking to Muhammad. They, we, we, we have been taught that the word of angels makes a big difference. 
But the one through whom God has spoken at the end is not an angel. He is infinitely greater than the angels. He is Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And it says here in verse 2, that Jesus, God's Son, has been appointed heir of all things and through whom God made the universe. God made the universe through his Son. The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. So when we're talking to our friend uh, who is telling us that like, there are spirits that are filling this world and serving people and sometimes confusing them, but the Creator is far off, What the writer to the Hebrews says is actually, the creator has come near. The creator is not infinitely removed from us. The creator is not on the other side of the angels. The creator himself has come near. The one who even created the angels himself, God has spoken through him. So we do not need the word of angels. That that word, the word of angels, served its purpose for a time. But now, in the end, God has spoken through his son. God himself has come among us and spoken to us. And this one who is Jesus Christ, he's the heir of all things, the creator of all things seen and unseen. He is the one who sustains all things by his powerful word. So I want to just ask you today, can you see Jesus? Can you see Jesus? Because for many of us, we actually We actually want to lean on spiritual powers like the angels when there is a much greater power available to us in Jesus Christ. Let me tell you what I mean by that. We go through through life and, um, and, and sometimes it feels like because God feels like he's very far away, we can, we can find guidance, we can find um, good things through spirits. Through spirits that might come to us in rocks, or they might come to us in auras, or these kinds of things. Very, very common, right? That people will, will actually have things in their households, like magnetic things on their bodies, this kind of thing. We'll look for spiritual power from angels. Instead of, play, instead of realizing that the one who is infinitely greater than the angels actually has come to dwell with us, that Jesus Christ is actually the one who gives angels themselves their existence. And Jesus Christ, the one through whom everything was made, he is King of kings and Lord of lords. He's infinitely above the angels. So the angels actually need to submit to him. And as the writer to the Hebrews says, the angels are here to serve us so that we can worship God, not to become for us this barrier between God and us. And this is what I long for my friend to discover again, is that it's not, it's not that all of these other spirits are not real, right? It's that the creator, Jesus Christ, has come to us and he has given us this union, this communion with God the creator in himself. And that is what sets us in right relationship with the angels. In fact, as the writer to the Hebrews says, we are now in a place of authority over the angels. And what that means for us on a practical day-to-day level is this. That because God has spoken, because God has spoken through his son, Jesus Christ, 
Wherever we are in touch with Jesus Christ, wherever we can see Jesus, we are seeing the living God, the creator of all things. And he is the one that sustains all things by the word of his power. So what that means for us is that when you go to work, when you wake up in the morning, like Dada was talking about during testimony time, when you wake up in the morning and you realize like God, like Jesus is there with you, you are in the presence of the living God. You are not just with a more powerful spirit. You are with the living God, Jesus Christ, his son. When you go to work and you don't like going to work, when work is a drag and you're like, this is ridiculous. Why do people treat each other this way? Why are managers so ridiculous? Why is it so hard to enjoy work? Why are people so dysfunctional? I mean, this is, this is something that drives me crazy when I think about how hard it is for people in healthcare, right? The people who are in healthcare, like, like personal support workers, nurses, all these kinds of things, they are some of the people who have the most pressure on them. They are suffering day by day. They're just trying to help people, but it's so hard for them. But this scripture shows us that, that, that Jesus is the heir of all things. What does that mean? It means that all things are created to delight him and to belong to him. That means that our doctors, our healthcare system, is for Jesus. Jesus is the one who will inherit. <laughs> like, it belongs to him. He sustains it by his powerful word. And so when you're in a job and you are, like, frustrated, and you're like, this is just a grind and it's killing my soul, you are still being sustained by the power of Jesus Christ, the living God. When school is hard, Jesus is sustaining you and he's sustaining our education system by his powerful word. There's no sphere of life where Jesus is actually absent. All things are being sustained by Jesus Christ. And what that also means is that when you know Jesus Christ, you are being restored to what you were created to be. When you know Jesus Christ, you are being restored to what you were created to be. And this is the second part of what's in your, of what's in your, um, what's in your bulletin. We heard the psalm today, right? That God, well, like, what is humanity? That God is mindful of us. What is it? We're human beings. Why does God care about us so much? Well, it's not because we're awesome. It's not because our biology is just so extra excellent that the creator was like, oh, I forgot that I made that. I should pay attention to those guys. That's not what it is. It's that God created human beings, again, to be priests in this creation, which is God's temple. God created us to be a little bit lower than the angels, right? Created in God's image. To know God, to be the place in creation where creation, and, um, creation is united with God so that our lives display the goodness of God to all the other creation that is here and reflect back the goodness of God to our Heavenly Father with great joy. We are created as very special people made in the image of God. And Jesus is the one who is the key to our true identity. He's the key to us becoming what God created us to really be. Because we, in our sinfulness, we have been alienated from the Creator. We are unclean, but Jesus has become our high priest by joining God's nature with our nature in himself. 
And because Jesus died, as you can see, he was able to offer purification for our sins. He was able to make us holy so that now we can dwell in the presence of the creator God. And as Jesus is raised to the place of highest authority over all creation, as he is, at, as it says, at the right hand of the majesty on high, as he is filled with glory and honor, so we, in Jesus Christ, will be raised to new life forever, free from death, to dwell in the presence of God in a new heavens and a new earth. Jesus is the key to us becoming what we were created to be in the beginning. And so for those of you who know that life is too hard, those of you who know that the complexities of life are overwhelming, for those of you who are fatigued, you need to know that Jesus is sustaining you, that you are not sustaining yourself. It is not your own internal energy. It's not your own understanding of your identity and you getting your life right. That is not what's going to save you. That is not what's going to bring you release and rest. What will bring you release and rest is Jesus Christ himself, the one who entered into our suffering with us, the one who died with us, the one who calls that which is dead into new life. So if you hold on to Jesus, if you keep holding on to Jesus, you too will be able to draw near to God. You'll be able to persevere. You'll be able to keep on going and you will find victory, freedom in time. So the book of Hebrews has something to say to us today. And it's this, that God has spoken in Jesus Christ. He is greater than all the other prophets that have ever spoken in any place in any history. He's greater than the angels. He is the creator of all. He has come near to dwell with us in our pain and our suffering, in our death, to remove our sin so that we might dwell with God forever. And so what do we do with that? Well, let's draw near to God. Let's draw near to God. Let's hold on to the hope that is ours in Jesus Christ. Let's not give up meeting together. Let's keep on meeting together. Let's keep on encouraging each other and saying, hey, Jesus is alive. He's sustaining us. So in your job that is so frustrating, keep on doing good because Jesus is with you. In your school where you feel frustrated, keep on doing good. Jesus is with you. In your transitions, keep on believing. Jesus is with you. He is sustaining you with his powerful word. Keep on encouraging each other towards love and good deeds. Now let's encourage each other because he's near. Amen. So we're going to take just a moment of quiet to reflect on this. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to have a moment of, of quiet. Lord Jesus, would you open up our eyes to see you? You are the one who sustains all things, from the walnut tree, walnuts that drop on the barn to the barn itself, to our souls, our spirits, everything, God. You hold it all together. You are the creator. Lord, would you speak to us? Would you lead us to trust you, to not trust the angels, but to place our faith in you? Jesus, glorify yourself, we ask right now. Speak to us. Amen. 
You have been listening to a sermon podcast from Mosaic Intercultural Church in London, Ontario, Canada. My name is Andrew Karam, and I want to thank you for joining us. If you want to find out more about Mosaic and about the work that we do, please check us out online at www.mosaicchurchlondon.com.